From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Total SF, Heather Knight. Hello, it's good to be back. So, Heather, scale of 1 to 10, how much do you miss Muni right now? 11. I love Muni. 11? Yeah. It's so much easier to just be able to get on Muni. Now it's like, do I drive, bike, or walk? I Maybe I just need to suck it up and get back on Muni. Okay, I'm about an 8.5. I'm not an 11, but I miss Muni too, which is a surprise to me. We kind of had a love-hate relationship with Muni for... A lot of the time that we've been exploring together. Um, But no one misses Muni more than our guests, our dear Muni Diaries friends, Eugenia Chen and Tara Ramroop. We invited them on to pay tribute to some Muni lines that we miss, and it got emotional. It did. I think that missing Muni is a symbol of just missing a lively and full and bustling San Francisco because we used to take it so many places and now there's not very many places to go and not very many Muni routes running. And so it just, you know, symbolizes our quiet life. Well, that comes across in this episode. This sounds a little subpar. We had to use our backup track this week. Um, I sound a little tinny. But it's an excellent interview with lots of good tangents. We talk about our last Muni rides before the pandemic, how the sounds of Muni contribute to the city, if it's ever okay to eat a burrito on the bus. And we pick the Muni lines that we miss the most, um, which was fun. We just took turns, and it was, it was just like a nice tribute to the bus system. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Can't wait till we're actually all riding Muni together again. Me too. Eugenia and Tara coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome back, Tara and Eugenia, and fantastic. Did I hit it? Did I nail it? I got the name. Right we just talked to it that I phonetically um, uh, had your names pronounced because I think that's good journalism. I've, I've pronounced yeah. it like seven different ways on this <laughs> podcast before. So apologies up front and welcome. It's just great to see your faces. We don't get to see each other in real life anymore. Know, we don't know. I miss that. Good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah, even even if it is on the in the tiny boxes on the computer, but you know we'll we'll make do. <laughs> we'll take what we can get these days. Yeah, I I just imagine you two constantly writing Muni, and even now, just like I can't really wrap my head around a non Muni Tara and Eugenia. Um, what is your your status right now? What do, do you remember your last Muni ride that you rode before the pandemic started? The last Muni Muni ride, I was. It was in early March, early to mid. It was like the week before um, the the California shutdown, and that is the last time I was on a Muni bus. It was like Aww. a six or a nine, and I was on my way back from like boot camp, and it was like you know, kind of horribly, but also awesomely very like quotidian. And I was just like, oh, I'm you know headed home, la 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 la, and then yeah. Six months later, I, I haven't touched a muni bus. It's really like it's it's actually really kind of sad. I think about it a lot. Did you know at that time that that was your last ride? Did you kind of savor it? 
you know what? I, I should have, but I didn't because at this time, so this was like, like probably the 13th or something. I feel like we went into lockdown like 17th, like there about, there was a weekend where everybody was still sort of like, I don't know, maybe I can still go to a bar. And so it was the like leading up to that weekend. And I feel like at that point people were like, mm, I don't know, this coronavirus is feeling kind of real. And I was, you know, on a bus without a mask because that was, you know, a distinct time ago. And I just remember like scrolling through headlines on my phone, just like, oh, that's, ooh, it seems like it's going to get worse. I hope it doesn't get worse. And yeah, I was just, you know, but then I didn't really give it much thought. And, and here yeah. we are. Here yeah, we, we are. are. Six later. It got worse. It, yeah, yeah it, and then exactly my inner narrator was just all like <laughs> flashback. It got much, much worse. Yeah, this was before the work from home, you know, the, you know, all of, all of the everything. Like, you know, again, bars, bars were still open that weekend, but there was, there was a contingent of, you know, people who were rightly like, oh, I don't know if we should be going out. Like, there's this thing, it's happening, and... And that was it. That was the last time. Doesn't that seem like 10 years ago? Yeah, it was six months ago. I can't believe it was six months. Like I've lived in the city for going on 13 years and I haven't gone this long without writing Muni. It's weird. I've actually been on Muni. Yeah, Eugenia has has been on six months. It it was just so weird. Um, I was on the one California actually about two, three weeks ago. Like I like walked, I've been walking everywhere. I walked to Chinatown and like ambitiously like bought too much groceries, you know how it is. And I'm like, I can walk this back, no problem. Um, but I just, I just couldn't. I saw one coming and hopped on it and, you know, it was like people were being pretty respectful, but at some point, like it just got a little bit too crowded for my comfort. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I got the bus. I can walk uphill, like, you know, 10 bags of groceries, no problem. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but I've been on the bus twice, which is so weird. Like, you know, I've been in the city for like 20 years now and I've never gone without this long. And I mean, I totally recognize I was really lucky to be able to like work from home and like have, you know, groceries and like whatever stores within walking distance, but it just feels really weird because we're still, you know, all day long, like looking at tweets about Muni, thinking of like trying to keep up with like all the routes are coming back or coming back and then going away again. So it, it's been really strange to, it's a strange time for everybody. Yeah. I've been on BART. I haven't been on Muni, oh but I've God. been on oh, I've been on Bart been. multiple Tell, times. So you went underground, like the idea. So there's like not yeah. being on Muni, but then there's like the added like mystery of going underground. Like I don't even remember the last time I did that because yeah. I was more of like an overland an overland rider for like the last <laughs> couple of years, and yeah, I I don't remember my last Bart ride or my last like metro ride. Tell tell us about it, Peter. What was it like? You know, I, I've done it multiple times because I usually take the ferry in and the ferry service is really limited. So a lot of times I'll mm-hmm. take BART in. I try and do it in the middle of the day when it's empty and then I'll take the ferry back. Um, the first time it was great. There was like no one on there. A couple people with masks were like acknowledging each other and waving from afar, you know, kind of like the air high five. Yeah, um, the nod. Everything yeah. was cool. Smizing. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it was super cool. I did it two other times and it was really bad. Like I would say 
less than half of the people had masks. There was one time where I got on and it was kind of my fault, but I was just like jumping on the car and um, there was a whole family, like, like an extended family of like 12 people without masks. Like there was basically a super spreader event on one wow. side and the other side, there were a couple people asleep who didn't have masks. So each, each um, stop. So this is like uh, Fruitvale. So like at Lake Merritt, at the West Oakland, every stop I was running off on my bike and then trying to get on another car. And just like, you kind of like roll the dice that this car will have people with Peter's masks great adventure. on it. <laughs> yeah. so I think really like the third ambitious. car I got on was okay. But I, that, that was the time on BART. That was, I think the last time I was on BART and I'm like, I'm not doing this unless I have to, this is too risky for me. I remember uh, that um, I was meeting you at the newsroom for the first time when is when you rode Bart that first nice time and I was shocked that you were doing it I would thought you were like playing with fire no, I remember you were you were almost like mad like you were gonna, <laughs> take you were, your health seriously Peter you were no, gonna call was, Kelly and have me committed <laughs> yeah it's like he's making poor choices I mean I think yeah. the, out, the outset you know it was you know like we we have gotten collectively maybe a little bit lazy about like distancing and all that yeah. stuff but i feel like at the outset a lot of people were were more afraid and it was it was right right to be to be to be careful and concerned where you you're like i don't know if going to see going to see x y and z person is is safe i don't know if the bus is safe or even the grocery store you know when we were like oh i mean maybe i should just get all of this delivered and not even set foot in that store mm -hmm. like i don't yeah. i don't even know if we should be doing that so it's been obviously it's been a time yeah so okay. how has shelter in place changed muni diaries i know you're still doing your podcast but the live shows obviously are not happening. So how are you kind of continuing, you know, the work that you love while not being able to gather in person? Well, you know, we actually celebrated New Diaries 12th birthday, just a few weeks after the sheltering place. And like, right around like, right around February, we realized that we're probably not going to be do doing our show in April. So we were like, okay, well, you know, we're going to postpone this and we'll see you in the fall. I was really hopeful. I was like yeah. everybody about their summer vacation where I was just saw like, no, because we locked this date in and then we were like, oh, it'll be our birthday show. We often have a show in the springtime, like right around April, around when our birthday is. And I was like, no, like March for right, like even before like the state of California was um, shut down more, I was still very hopeful. I was like, nope, you know what? Come early April, I think we'll be just fine. Maybe it'll it'll be totally fine. You know, like I was basically that meme with the like Elmo in the middle of the like fiery room. If you don't know it, I have to say <laughs> I know that one. But I have to, yeah. So I was basically that. I was like, it's fine, it'll be, it'll be fine. And yeah. then yeah, but we had to we we had to admit to ourselves the show's not gonna happen. We had everybody booked, but we're still really hoping for a fall show. But now we also know that that's not gonna happen. So it's been like it's been strange to um, kind of collect stories while we are we've only really been on Mimi twice between yeah. me and Tara. But I mean, like, I think generally, even before COVID or before 2020, like a lot of our stories came to us from social media. And we know that a lot of our 
readers and followers, they're still writing Muni because they have to get to their jobs. So we're still getting people submitting uh, pictures of a buzz that's too crowded or like people got so excited when the underground was going to come back. I know for like two days. Yeah. They, uh, they <laughs> like lost their minds a little they bit. Did. Yeah. I listened yeah, to your podcast. Many people excited about the underground. I was so excited when I saw the Njuta. You had Jeffrey Tumlin on. We did. Like, we like, did. Like right before it was going to come back. Like two days was... beforehand. And mm-hmm. we were like, tell us how excited you are. And then he, like, I remember he was like very cautiously optimistic, like probably more cautious than optimistic. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we, we kind of know how, how that turned out. But... <laughs> oh, that was so sad. It was. We tried. This is a good segue for um, our uh, game that we're going to play, which is which Muni lines do we miss the most? This is a tribute, so it's not a eulogy. These are the lines we're kind of looking forward to writing again. And I was hoping we could each pick two, kind of taking turns. Are you guys in? Sure. We're in. All all in. All in. Uh, Heather, you want to start? Sure. I'm going to go super classic. I am really missing the cable cars. I didn't ride them like all the time. It's not like a commute line for me, but just knowing they were there, it was so like classic San Francisco. And whenever I would do it with the boys or um, Peter a few times, it just felt like, oh, this is so quintessential San Francisco. And I was so bummed when the news came out that they are in the barn until there's a vaccine. So God knows when they'll be out again, but I really miss seeing them. Q2 next year, apparently. Yeah, Yeah. at least, maybe longer, so... I cannot wait to ride a cable car. Heather, like I've traveled with Heather. And one cool thing about Heather and the cable cars is she knows like so many grip people and <laughs> drivers from all oh, the yeah. stories that she's done that like you get on a car and it's like, oh, hey, Bob, <laughs> how are you doing? You know, It's like her personal muni ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good feeling, getting on a cable car when you know one of the people who's running it, whether it's in your neighborhood, it's on your route, or, or whatever. It's reason. like knowing the bartender. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I am a San Franciscan. If the great one knows your name. I'm here. Yeah. I'm of here. Yeah. Yes. And it's really sad because I've kept in touch with them, and um, most of them are just driving buses now. And so it's like, you know, they're doing it because they're essential workers and and they're taking one for the team, but they really miss, you know, writing, um, operating a cable car because that is their love that they've been doing for decades and driving a bus is not the same. It's not the same. No. Good, good pick. Uh, Eugenia, why don't you do the next one? I missed a two Clement. Um, that's my line. I live by it. it. You know, I have running to a lot of like neighbors and actually are one of our storytellers driver Doug. I ran into him on the two. Um, so I, I just mi- miss my neighborhood line. And I, I think once I got on the two Clement and Doug like passed by this uh, Muni shelter that had a big sign that said, dear Muni, we tried to clean it, but it still stinks. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, I'm, I'm not at the office yet. And Doug says, Hey, isn't this kind of, isn't this your, your kind of stuff? Shouldn't you get off here? And I'm like, okay. He's <laughs> like, feeding you content. Yeah. yeah he's like, this, is, this is all you. Um, yeah. So I missed the two Clement. Uh, good one. Good one. Uh, two Clement was uh, Heather and I, that was our line that we almost screwed up on our total muni. I did 
I, <laughs> I was gonna say we. <laughs> I I had a small heart attack for both of you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you guys you guys pulled through. Yeah, shout we have a love Brian Dar. Yeah, lo- love hate, but shout out Brian Dar and uh, our friend Joni, and it was it was so nice that all the Muni writers and lovers helped us out and. Got Those us innocent us. days of total. I know yeah. that seems so long ago. Aww. Total Muni would take like three hours now. <laughs> it would, yeah, with all the cuts and yeah, God only knows how long it would take for you to get an Judah. <laughs> so Tara, what are you missing? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of in the vein of Heather's and say the F market, which is a interesting choice because I've I've written and spoken about the F market a lot over my time with Muni Diaries slash in San Francisco because I used to commute on it and frankly I hated it like don't tell our (laughs) don't tell our friend don't tell our friend Chris Arvin because I love it now but by you know virtue of background I commuted on it and I was just like what in God's name is this like it was it was slow. I was riding it to an office up to Fisherman's Wharf in the morning, which means I was getting a lot of Alcatraz traffic. And so oh. for a long time, whenever people were like, oh, the F car is so like adorable, I'd be like, mm, false. And, <laughs> and then that was many years ago. And in the intervening years, I've actually grown to love it a lot. And especially now, like I live, I don't, I don't live far, far from it. Like I live like in audible distance from it and so when it was running I would hear the the distinctive horns you know they all have kind of like a a different horn where there's like a kind of like gentle one and then the little like Milan one has one that'll like shake you out of your coffin like I don't know what like what that sound is but there's one that's really loud and there's like a couple of gentle ones and then even just that kind of whirring where it would just be like kind of traveling past like I could hear that from from where I live and now it's 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 quiet like I don't I don't Mm. hear it anymore and it's like do you know like like if you 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 hear something that's kind of like humming in the background constantly, you know, maybe like a pet or something. And then, and then like, if they're not there anymore, like you yeah. notice it, you, the silence is kind of deafening. Mm-hmm. Like it became, it became kind of a marker of like COVID times where mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I can't, I can't hear it anymore. Like it's, it's weird because then it didn't, feel like a city anymore yeah in a lot of ways you know like it like obviously it is still a city and we'll still love it and it'll still be worthy of our time and attention but I feel like like when when I stopped being able to hear it I was just like "Ooh, that's weird I don't know how I feel about that um it was it was a little bit of a loss that's that's sweet though it'll come back it will yeah. come back. I know yeah. that they're fine. You know, I know that they are also sleeping and well, <laughs> well taken care of. But there is, yeah, especially just kind of given how like, snarky and terrible I was about them, like in say like 2007 or 2008. Like yeah. fast, fast forward, if somebody, if, like a time traveler was just all like, you know what, you're complaining an awful lot about <laughs> these F cars, but in the year 2020, you are going to be talking to Peter and Heather on the Chronicle podcast about how much you miss the sound of them. 
It's, and I you're going to have way them. bigger things to complain about in 2020. And you're going to have <laughs> beyond bigger things going on in the world to complain about. Yeah. The skies um, will be orange. Literally orange. The sky orange. will literally be orange. Yeah. Orange day, as, uh, as we'll fondly remember it for the rest of time. September yeah. 9th. Oh, my God. We'll be right back after this short break. I'm going to pick the five Fulton. Um, and I could have picked a lot of lines for this. I thought about the 22 Fillmore. Um, I, I like the lines that go across the city. And it's almost like a beta breakers type thing where if you sit on it, I don't want to be on the rapid. I want to be like stopping everywhere and just seeing all the different parts of the city. And you get the layers on the five Fulton. Um, you start off, you're kind of the downtown crowd, and then you get to like the kids who are going to or coming home from school and they got their backpacks and they're dressed real cool and you know they've got their lives ahead of them and they're excited you gotta go with the skateboard coming in um maybe you know just people coming from work older people and their patterns and then you get out to um uh outer richmond and i love that just skates right up there right against the park and then takes that little loop at the end and you can jump out and just you're a couple blocks from Ocean Beach. I just love those kind of lines. And I, I didn't live in San Francisco when I grew up. I went to L.A. Uh, to work and then I came back and really lived in San Francisco for the first time in the hate. And all I did was take the seven or the end Judah to work and back. I didn't explore the city like that. And then once Heather and I started doing our little projects, I learned that like the value of just getting on a bus and staying on it for six and a half miles, how much of the city you see and how much more in touch you feel. Mm -hmm. So I really love the five. Um, And uh, I'm just going to like, when it comes back and I feel safe, I'm just going to ride it for fun. It's like your own tour bus. Yeah. And it skirts the park. It's it's a lot It goes to the beach, and then you can get off and walk on the Great Highway, and there's no cars. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Heather, you're number two. Okay. I'm going to go the opposite from the cable cars and pick a very obscure line that most San Franciscans would never have any reason to ride. It's the 36 Teresita. It's the one that goes closest to my house. And so um, Total Muni was sparked by my younger boy's love of Muni and that he memorized the whole bus system. He was four at the time. Now he's seven. And he, every weekend, would ask for, let's do a bus adventure. Let's do a bus adventure. And um, it didn't matter. We had no destination. It was just how many buses can we ride in one go? Basically, that was the whole point. And it was every, total muni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every single time, we would either start or end on the 36 Terracita because that's the one that goes by our house. And so I asked him tonight in preparation, which one do you miss the most? And he was like, the 36 Teresita. So the other factor is that if I barded to city hall for work and barded home and I didn't feel like walking up the hill, 36 Teresita comes only once every half hour. And if I timed it right and didn't have to walk up the hill, then that was like the best evening ever. So that's a successful day. (laughs) You think someday you'll have a granddaughter named Teresita? Probably. Teresita 36. (laughs) Well, when my little boy was in the mode where he'd recite, as Peter heard many times, all of the lines from 1 to 91, 
he decided that someday he would have three boys and they would be named Cal for California, Clement and Jackson. So one, two, three. Nice. <clears throat> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> All right, Eugenia, you're up next. All right, I'm going to pick the end Judah. Um, I used to live on 25th and Judah in this tiny little in-law apartment. You guys know, you know, like the, the ones that used to be in the garage, yeah. semi-legal. You're, and, and I was just like sitting in my bed and every time the end passes by, it feels like an earthquake. And it's, you know, my parents came to visit me and they're like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's cool. They're from Taiwan. So like they, they legit experience a lot of earthquakes. I'm like, it's just a train. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I miss writing the end. I think a lot of people hate on it, though, for um, like the commute woes. But I, I do miss the underground a lot. You don't, you don't even mind that it would count down and, and show that it was going to come in one minute and then go back to like 12 minutes? You know, I feel like right now those days seem so far away. <laughs> <laughs> I would take a weird next week prediction at this point. Yeah, 12 yeah, like minutes, I, I'll, yeah, I'll wait I, for it. <laughs> I'll take that versus like worrying about who's like six feet away from me. Yeah. Mass. I'll take that any day. Totally. I, I'm a lot more um, forgiving of the end Judah now. I, the, the ghost end Judah isn't going to bother me like it used to. Um, yeah. yeah we one. say that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if when we come out of all this, if we really will be as forgiving and appreciate everything, or we'll go back to complaining <laughs> about we're stupid stuff. To review, review the archive. We're good. This is yeah. the archive when we're going to have yeah. to listen to our point of view and, and just put everything in perspective. Yeah. We said we ourselves. wouldn't worry about the end. <laughs> there were bigger things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tara, you're up. You know, I'm going to pick kind of in, in the spirit of Peter's like crosstown format, like the, the 14 mission, I, I feel like there is no more San Francisco bus than the 14 mission, I have to say. Like I, I used to live on it and I would commute on it semi-regularly. I would take that or I would take BART. But I feel like just every single time I went on it, something either caught my eye or weirded me out or made me happy or, you know, it was just, there was always something happening and it was always full. And I think like kind of going in this theme, like the idea of being in a space full of people now is obviously like kind of a novelty um, at the moment, but the, it, it, it was just always so magical in its own weird way. I'd say yeah. I, I missed the 14. Yeah. And it always rolled right by, you know, like if I went to happy hour with some friends or something, even after I left the neighborhood, I would always pop right up to, you know, La Taqueria. I would grab my burrito and then I would hop on the 14. Sometimes I timed it well where I would like walk over and then like pop out of the Taqueria and the bus would be rolling up and I'd be like, this is perfect. And I would sit there and think about eating the burrito on the bus. Um, that, that was the great debate that we had on the site. I mean, we I did actually like, post something about that. Because I was to say about that. <laughs> legitimately starving and just like sitting there staring at it. And I was like, man, I really shouldn't be eating this on uni. Um, but I, yeah, just for not, not only for its proximity to burritos, but just it's it just it's its interest and its its crosstown amazingness 
it's yeah. I, I really do I challenge everybody listening to 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 submit a more San Francisco line than the 14 mission really it's a good call right in front of the chronicle Heather yeah someday we will get back on the 14 mission I am going to close it out with the uh 25 treasure island which I think is the 25 treasure island in the 76x Marin Headlands uh did I get that right yeah I don't know like how you can have those buses and not have them cost like three times as much because you get to go across the bridge and then love it. You can get to Treasure Island, do a little loop. It's such a good view of the city. There's a couple of restaurants out there. Really it's cool little a tour bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the best part is you come back into the city and you're up a little higher than you drive in. I make that drive all the time and it's kind of nice. But here you're like not driving it um, and you're up a little higher and you get this this little like booster seat look at the city <laughs> that just you fall in love with it all over again. For yeah. what, 250 I mean, it, it costs the same. And it's yeah, you yeah. Go out 275 without a clipper card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just like the treasure island I, I think right now like why i didn't sometimes i'd go out to transbase center and eat my lunch um i don't know why i didn't take like an hour and a half lunch get on the 25 and go out and just eat and get a nice view of the city and then come back and get that great view on the way back i don't know why i didn't ride the 25 for fun more so you I, can someday you will you will yeah i, I feel this way also about the 39 it's a 39 point. Oh yeah, that crazy so, U-turn. I still don't know how that's possible. And it's a little tiny, tiny bus. And yeah, that was almost in, in the running for me. But I, I kind of feel like kind of the way Peter's talking about the 25. I feel similarly about the 39 where it's just like, oh, that like adorable little bus that would like <laughs> wind its way up to tel- up Telegraph Hill. Yeah. You know, like the little engine that could. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so honorable mention for 39. I can sneak <laughs> nice. that in. Good one. Good one. Well, these are good picks. I'm feeling uh, excited to get Muni back. I'm not feeling super wistful. Um, and uh, yeah, no, good, good picks. Um, wanted to switch subjects here. And this is going to sound like it's a depressing subject, but it's not to me. Um, and just start by saying that Heather and I met Courtney Rousseau at a Muni Diaries event and just got caught up in his energy. You know, I remember thinking like, here's another person that I get to run into and talk about the things that I love. And, and then he, he, he died uh, earlier this year. And, um, and I wanted to ask you guys, because I've seen this incredible outpouring on Twitter, and it wasn't just when he died. It's been when other subjects involving Muni, when things that remind people of him come up, his name comes up, and you have all these people coming out, and I feel like they celebrate him in the city, and it's really been this beautiful thing. And I wanted to just start by asking you, because I know he loved Muni Diaries, and I wanted to ask how you met him and and a little bit about his spirit. Yeah, we actually met Courtney, like how we meet most of our other transit Twitter friends, <laughs> just by tweeting at each other, like the transit Twitter 
um, community is surprisingly small. So like, small and vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small and vocal, passionate. And Courtney just had such a great energy about him. He was really um, hopeful, I would say, about the city. And I think that's the same thing that Tara and I have been aiming for um, the whole time that we've been doing Mimi Diaries. I think there's a lot to complain about. Um, when it comes to Muni and when it comes to the city, but our perspective is how are you going to make it better if all we're doing is complaining about it all day? Like you have to appreciate it to want to fix it. So like when we met Courtney on Twitter, we just felt like such like-minded people. Um, and then he came to the show where um, the Muni Diaries live show at the rickshaw stop where you guys met him and we actually hadn't met him in person. And I didn't even realize that because when he came up to us, he was so warm and friendly. I'm like, wait, yeah. did we meet before? He just gave you I even feeling. said that to him. Yeah. Because yeah. then he, we, we met him like within, you know, a minute or so of each other, I think, but it was mm-hmm. technically separately. And we said the same thing to him where he was like, I'm Courtney. And I was like, oh, I know you. And he said, we've never actually met. And I was like, that is false, really? Like, um, how could this be? Yeah. yeah. No, it just, he, he did have, have that energy and that presence, clearly. And that's, yeah. you know, like, it, it was an enviable spirit he had, especially in, the, in, in his desire to make, to make the city better for people. I think that that's what made him memorable, was that not only was he, was he a young person, but he was a young person who was also passionate about fixing something that is technically meant for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's touching and unique when, when, we, when we, somebody, anybody, can, can get behind something that's for all of us, truly. Yeah. He seems so civic-minded, and usually you don't think of 20-somethings as being that invested in, you know, improving their own cities or city services. He was there like, for he really it. Was. Yeah. Bicycle. He was, he was huge into, you know, car-free, car-free San Francisco. He was a huge bicycle advocate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was, he was there for our public infrastructure to be the best it could be. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, um, relatedly, what you think is going to happen with all of the streets that have been closed to cars. Um, there's the slow streets that that are closed to through traffic, but then there's the big roads that are close to all traffic, yeah. like the Great Highway and Twin Peaks Boulevard and JFK Drive. And we're already seeing some people complain about them in one way or another. Filing appeals, as you may have <laughs> read about in the Chronicle, or just griping about it. <laughs> yes. Um, do you think that, I'm imagining you're pro these streets and would like them to remain, but do you think that that's actually going to happen, or are we going to fall back into the same old like car-centric ways I love our slow streets I I think that's one of the best things that's happened out of out of this horrible year just you know like we've been like walking a lot and like really I feel like seeing San Francisco in a different way and like slow streets is really getting to see like our neighborhoods in a different way like you're hanging out on the street and like feeling like not worried and I personally really hope that they're here to stay and would love to see that happen. Um, Tara, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I have also been walking more while, I mean, as, as mentioned, I haven't been on, on Muni since March and I don't drive much at all. And so I have been walking a lot and it has kind of, it's, it's your slow streets, but it's, it's slow people. It's, it's slowing us down. It's, it's nice 
especially when when we feel so like kind of caught up in all of the shit that's happening mm-hmm. like i i do like it and i do hope that it that it sticks around and i think i think it can really i think a lot of people are are looking to it to be kind of a respite yeah and i i feel like through all of this what we're kind of forced to do is to see our streets differently now that like riding public transit or even like we want to be outside right like I think a lot of people are kind of seeing like what it means to have a slow street, like really valuing that. We did a podcast episode with Paint the Void, um, the folks that are have painted a lot of the boarded up shops. And I think that really kind of sprung out of the fact that I think people want to see our streets like alive and like really wanted to see them differently than what we did before and I'm really hoping that out of this experience people are more encouraged about what's um slow streets and kind of what our public spaces could mean so I'm I'm hopeful um but I do know that car culture like I think in the U.S. in general is still really strong right so yeah 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 and we talked about this a little bit with Jeffrey Tumlin where you know we he he described taking uni as as the right thing to do. And he was, you know, like also just, you know, obviously speaking as the chief of SFMTA, but is speaking from a perspective of civic mindedness where it is, you know, a lot of people say that we are all in this together, but like you, you can demonstrate that we are all in it together by participating in, in the shared activities and the civic the the civic activities and that that includes muni that means like choosing to walk or and be among people safely outside or be safely in a muni vehicle instead of driving your car or you know taking a ride share everywhere and you know that's not necessarily to bat not not that i never take ride share because i have you know like full disclosure but it is it, it is a more independent choice and I think the the spirit of public transit is that it is a shared experience, just like a city. And we we should kind of be okay with it, and we should take care of that experience. Well, I want to I want to I've been a little bit of a downer, so I just want to end quickly on a on a little bit of a positive. Um, do you think it's possible that there's some good that's going to come out of this for transit? Do you see a possible like better transit future coming out of this pandemic? Yeah, you know, I think. When we talked with Jeffrey Tomlin, he told us that this was the fastest that he had ever seen this agency move, like out of necessity. I know a couple of people who would agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think, you know, like you guys know better than us at how slowly things can move in the city. And I think the pandemic has, um, seen like it forced the agency to kind of be a little bit more nimble and like test things like the the emergency transit only lanes that would have taken so much longer to even test that out i think so i'm, I'm hopeful that this means um that sfmta can pivot more quickly um so on that front i think that's like my my hope <laughs> of what the pandemic could do um, and i also do hope that people who are tweeting at us to say how much they miss this normalcy. Um, Remember that when we are back to our 
the to life as we know it and when we're complaining about it like remember how much we did miss it and and maybe like think about like what, what should we do and like what should we be voting for like what does yeah. fix this thing that I actually was surprised to miss you know so mm-hmm. those are I think hopefully some of the positive things that will stick yeah to Eugenia's point I think the pandemic has highlighted what happens when your infrastructure fails and I think like in, in a number of ways and however you interpret infrastructure and however you in, interpret failing, this, this has shown us what happens when, when shit hits the fan. And I feel like it's, it's heightened, heightened kind of regular folks' ideas and desires about what that infrastructure can be. And that, in, that includes transit. So. Yeah. Cool wanted to end with uh, just letting people know how they can listen to you, how they can get in touch with you. MuniDiaries.com and then uh, MuniDiaries, the podcast, which I find the back, I've, I've listened to a couple of way back episodes and they have a very good evergreen quality, non-pandemic episodes, Muni Diaries on all streaming services. All streaming services. Take a break from your doom scrolling. (laughs) Don't doom scroll anymore. It's bad for you. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And you can find us as Muni Diaries on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. Well, it's so good to see you, and I can't wait to see you in person eventually. We miss you guys safely. Thanks for having us. Take care, you guys. Take care. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Bye. 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 You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight and our guests, Eugenia Chen and Tara Ramroop. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by treating yourself to a digital Chronicle edition at sfchronicle.com slash pod.